As you know, the 2020 election is right around the corner. And this election in America may turn out to be the most consequential of our time. Whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, put down the hamburger and vote. It makes a difference in America. I know because Hillary told me. <laughs> if you're looking for a strategy on how and where to vote, check out democracy.org. Uh, it will tell you when and where to vote in your state and how to register. Or turn your Victrola to headcount.org and help register your fellow Amer- I don't have a bias. Uh, Mike, you talk. Whatever you do, make sure you have a plan. Go to BallotReady.org and enter your address to make a plan to vote and vote informed. Get out there and vote. Your vote's bigger in Texas. Hillary and I say vote. 99% of you should be voting. Otherwise, the 1% will eat your cat. Kufefe. Back in high school, each Sunday night, I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out With your host, Keith Marnie. And Dr. Michael Joseph Indeglio. Way back in high school, most every night, my mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TiVo, what could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Hulu. Some of us use one shots to cover costume changes. Professionally. <laughs> Providing an update on our host's medical condition. And welcome to the Out of Practice Podcast, a weekly podcast working our way episode by episode through season five of David E. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice. Today, we are up to season five, episode four, Appeal and Denial. It is out of practice, episode 88, and I have a big announcement to make. This is the midway point of The Practice. We are a full halfway through David E. Kelly's award-winning series the practice now we are not uh halfway through oops no. because we have all of the bonus episodes but in terms of there was 167 episodes of the practice and we are now halfway through that if you would believe it how's it going mike uh, it's going well uh thank you we only have a brief amount of time obviously there is a great deal of concern for the well-being of our hosts seeing the recent outbreak in our government and in our community uh, the second wave officially has begun of the coronavirus, uh, as mm -hmm, mm -hmm. told by the, um, uh, we can only call it surprising, shocking revelations shocking. that the upper echelons of our government have been infected with the coronavirus. Uh, and we know that your concerns, dear listener, uh, are mm. more are more focused around the well-being of the uh, captain, the host, the president, if you will, of our podcast, Keith Varney. So I will be taking any questions from our, well, from you, uh, who will speak on behalf of our 
listeners and ask any questions you might have about the well-being of Mike and Keith. I uh, am a professional when it comes to podcast corona. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. Well, uh, first off, clearly uh, one of your co-hosts has some, uh, uh, well, both of you have some conditions uh, that might make you more vulnerable. Uh, both of you are uh, septi-octogenarians, mm-hmm. semi-octogenarians, mm-hmm. Uh, or very close. Uh, one of you is, um, what's what's the term they've been using for Trump? Morbidly obese? Yes, uh, <laughs> uh, for the, for our lay uh, layman viewers, we'll say listeners, uh, fat, a big fat fatty. Yeah, I think is. Uh, so, do you have any concerns based on age and uh, girth? Uh, I do, in fact. Uh, not to mention our our co host Keith has shown a propensity for violent food poisoning, which can mm-hmm. be a factor. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. huffing and puffing simply by standing up and down, Mike has been known to suffer from. Uh, uh, and they, you know, it has been reported widely in the... Pro- oh, your crop came back, and we're going to have to address that. <laughs> <laughs> Just continue the bit. This will be perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you so, go. <laughs> so are any concerns yeah. about a rapid size increase? Yes, we've seen that happen more than usually. Yes, uh, not to mention Mike has been uh, reported widely uh, to be becoming addicted to uh, sleepy time Xanax, as they say. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have concerns. I'll say that we have concerns. The good news I'd like to just make sure everybody knows is that there has been proper social distancing between the hosts of at least a good mile and a half. Yes, uh, and that is expanding rapidly relatively shortly. So we don't have any concerns in the short term of worsening effects physically. However, we do we do predict some declining quality in their uh, podcast output, which is saying something since it's pretty bad to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, mental facility has never been something we've even bothered to test because yeah. it's right here in black and white. Uh, Coffee, th- OBS, elephant. I've been working on my job. How's that? How was that? <laughs> well, it did sound like it had a medical condition. Okay. So, uh, which I should point out, uh, historians, we are recording this on October 3rd, uh, where- I guess the uh, bit's over. The bit's Trump over. has been diagnosed with COVID either uh, 72 or 36 hours ago, based on what we were told versus what he actually was. Um so obviously this is a strange time and uh we certainly wish him a healthy recovery so that he may go to prison. Yeah. Man, there is a jackhammer and saw. Hopefully I've noise gated it out so you don't hear it, but it is driving me I don't insane. Hear it. So, you know, we watched the uh Walter Reed physician physicians, the incredible team that is caring for the president came and gave a press conference today. And what was weird about the press conference, other than the clear obfuscation of truthiness, is that it was a professionally, not produced, professionally given, respected, respectable press conference from people I respect as medical professionals that were clearly coached and told where the parameters of what they could say were given. However, I kept saying to my wife, it feels weird to be watching something that seems legitimate. Now, which apparently was, turned out 
not to, to be, be illegitimate. illegitimate. Yeah, completely, profoundly untrue. That's why I think the uh, the juxtaposition in real time was so amazing. Like when you watch Kelly McEnany speak, you just you don't you just first of all you if you are why it just kind of it's noise because you know she's just throwing feces at you. Yeah. Here it was medical professionals, people who you generally respect. And I'm trying to compute in real time. Well, I know what they're saying is BS because there's no way any of this is true. Clearly, we know the guy's been sick for days now, has has profoundly put people at the highest levels of our government, not to mention innocent donors, to his own re-election campaign in, in great jeopardy. But he's been doing that all along. So nothing is surprising whilst everything is surprising. And they keep saying on all the news channels, and yes, all of the news channels are paid to hype, but that this is such a national security issue and, and a, a critical time for our government. And I keep thinking to myself, that may well be true. What is happening in a story? It is literally <laughs> imploding. That I could actually hear. And in real time, I'm like, yeah, but hasn't it been this nuts it's this. It's felt like this for months, if not years. It's crazy, Keith. Well, and and I mean, <sighs> and of course, like we we don't know. I mean, honestly, like there is some significant concern that in a few days this might be pretty dicey, and and we all certainly hope that that doesn't happen, whether or not the patient deserves it. Uh, but it is a. It's pretty astounding. I mean. And and these medical professionals still, like, ask me what time it is. What time is it, Keith? Well, clearly, uh, we are in a spot in linear time. Mm. Can you say what time it was yesterday? Well, yesterday was a time. Right now, I can tell you it is not the same time as yesterday. Can you say in the past... 72 hours, mm -hmm. can you give us any specific time, specific time that it ever was at any mm -hmm. point? Well, there are a great deal of specific times um, throughout time. So, you know what? <laughs> I didn't think that was going to work out, but it is pretty spot on exactly <laughs> what would happen. So, it's and crazy. It, it's weird because we're all, I'm a fiend. I'm, look, I'm a looky-loo. Even though I'm pissed when there's traffic, I'm I still take a peek at the accident when we go by. Like I'm I'm not I'm not going to be a hypocrite here, but it, it, Jen, every two minutes because I've I'm trying to like prepare for this podcast just to divert myself from the world, and Jen will be like, S "This Republican has coronavirus." They're saying that this is happening, and she keeps giving me the CNN updates because I turn that shit off on my phone, and I'm like. What what emotion am I supposed to feel? Outrage? Shock? Surprise? Because none of this is surprising, shocking, or... I feel like I've I've flooded my adrenaline glands with so much outrage over the past years that there's not a lot yeah. left, and that is scary. Well, I, it's... I forget what commentator said. We have, between last time we recorded, there was also the debate. Oh, right. <laughs> the debacle that was the debate. You thought this was a shit show. Oh my God. It, we seem like we could potentially, we could have had a more entertaining, well, clearly was, we would have had a more entertaining debate, but. Well, I I think like the, one of the, I think the, the commentator, I forgot exactly who it was or what network said after the debate that that was the performance by Trump of somebody who knows that he's going to lose, but he's going to burn it all down on his way out. And we didn't realize that meant uh, immediately 
And mm-hmm. what he's burning down is himself and everyone who supports him. So he's like, he's literally just the entire leadership of the RNC, half of the Senate, his entire team himself is what, like he's doing it to himself. So he's, he's sort of lighting his own deck on fire. To yeah. And it's, it's, own I'm the gonna, libs. I'm going to reiterate what reiterate but, but, what I just said again, because it's the, it's the fi- place I f- think a lot of Americans, a lot of, just people find themselves in. Once again, none of that surprised me. Was it infuriating? Absolutely. I had to turn it off because it just wasn't good for my anxiety and I knew I'd get more substance from just like the recap. But still, Chris Wallace is shocked that that's how it went. He wasn't prepared for that. Uh, You know Biden was prepared for that. I just didn't think he would, would, he didn't think, nobody thought it would go to the egregious levels of interruption it did. But nobody's shocked. And- and I, I think what's, you know, talk about the definition of insanity, you know, uh, doing the same thing and expecting a different outcome. It's it's like he says exactly what he's going to do. He is nothing if not maddeningly consistent. So, and everyone's like, I can't believe he did the thing he's been doing the whole time and saying I'm actively going to do. It's, uh, it's insane. Anyway, uh, our one Sorry, none listener of this, is like, this. Yeah, this was not where we expected to go. I I pulled an audible with the the jacket just because I happened to have had it out, and I just watched the doctor talk. So, yeah. uh, oh boy, yeah. So, what's going on in your life other than the 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 country burning? Uh, we're full on. It's pack. We're pack, 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 packing. I have my Verizon FiOS set up. Nice. I have. Uh, we have a plan of attack. I. You know, I I kind of have been avoiding it, really kind of dealing with the fact that, look, we don't know what the future holds. I do have every intention of coming back to this area, Um, maybe not living in the city, actually never living in the city, but uh, maybe purchasing a home in your neck of the woods or in the surrounding areas. So this is definitely already strategically decided to be a temporary sort of relocation. Anything could happen, though. Yeah. So I, I... it is still the end of an era. This will be 21 years-ish I've lived in New York City, uh, mm. which is, you know, pretty amazing when you when you think about it. All the, the, the trials and tribulations that my 20s and 30s kind of held for me. And uh, this past week, a few days ago, I went up to uh, a, a new colleague's fr- a house to help him sort of mic his room for this little concert he was doing. Oh, yes. Um, yeah, our buddy. And what an amazing guy and what an amazing apartment. But he was, it's sort of like his concert was sort of like a spiritual thing for him. And yeah. so he didn't want, I couldn't just be like sitting he, there. He did like, a live piano concert. Yeah. And so I was just helping him mic it. And then I, but he was using my my gear. So I stuck around the neighborhood while he was playing. And I actually put my iPod on and was listening to him play while I was just walking around Riverside Drive uh, with that beautiful New York skyline. And I, I, I pitched a seat on one of a bench and I'm just watching New York City and listening to his kind of really emotional playing. And mm. I just had the moment. I didn't expect to have it, but I had the moment where I sort of just took stock of everything that I've accomplished and didn't accomplish and mm. the new chapter I'm in and all kind. just, you know, sort of had a moment of therapy for an hour and just wept and wept and mm. wept. Not sadness. You know what I mean? It's just like it came no, out. No, I do. And, yeah. uh, and it's exactly what I needed. And now I'm kind of like, and now I'm ready to just proceed. Let's get out of here. Let's move. Let's start 
let's figure out what's next, you know? And, and that was, that's what I've been up to. But what about you guys? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I, I totally get that. And we're, we're still staying in the city proper. We're, we're, we're moving out to the, the sixth borough. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, certainly it is a transition for, for everybody really. And I've been here 19 years so you you were here for part of college, um, so but it's still like, counts. So it, it it still has been my entire adult life. Um, you know, I was in Brooklyn and now I'm now I'm in Queens, and you know I'm not going out nearly as far as you are. But yeah, it's a huge huge transition, and you know for us we're going from apartment living and still sort of feeling like a like a college kid who finally got their first apartment and now realizing oh god I'm much much older than that and so going into home ownership we had our inspections uh this week which was really quite the event um in an undisclosed location on the east coast Jillian if you're listening for an, for an undisclosed price tag <laughs> for an undisclosed price tag uh a, a big one insane uh but we had we went through that and we had three different inspection people there at the same time and wow. uh it's it's intense to, to walk through the house and go up in the attic and we're, it looks like we're gonna need to replace the roof yeah which is well we kind of knew that was gonna be yeah it was gonna happen and we're now sort of gonna begin the negotiation process with the homeowners to figure out what to do about that after a secondary inspection to have a roofer come in and do the estimate it's adult man it's just adulting so hard and it's it's uh it's crazy we're well, all we're, we know we're halfway through i'm just i'm envisioning it the potential exists that by the time we're all the way through i could be on to my next move and hopefully you'll be established yeah well hopefully we will be uh returning to being neighbors by that insane well my my list of friends have dwindled quite substantially over the past <laughs> some years. So uh, if, if if on the list anywhere on our needs for looking for a place is being your friends, there's a good shot you're going to... I'm telling you, uh, I really recommend undisclosed location on the East Coast. Yeah, it, unfortunately, when I type that into Zillow, uh, mm, oh, mm. I didn't even say uh, there is some... Man, it's so trivial. But this, we do a podcast. Of course, we talk about ourselves. Um, <laughs> that is the so, only reason to have a podcast. Not only did I have that cathartic moment, right, where I kind of just like dealt with New York, but also I realized, not realized, this was always part of the game, but look, all kinds of things are happening interactively anyway. So being farther away doesn't really affect the careers yeah. we're in, which is kind of awesome. And on top of that, literally days ago, maybe two days ago, I got a text from one of my neighbors being like, have you seen this crap? They're selling our whole building. Oh, yes. So- that cannot, you know, my neighbors like to believe that could equal a big buyout. Like they try to, they buy, they sell it and try to buy everybody out of their leases, which that's not really how it works anymore, unfortunately. Nobody owns anything in this building. It turns out probably more likely than not to just be a major headache. Somebody being like, hey, guess what? You got 90 days move. So it feels to me like we dodged a bullet. So I, Or I, they're I feel probably going to renovate the apartments one by one. Right. And so everyone will just be living with noise. And so as people move out, they'll renovate the apartment and everybody is misery for two years. So I know that uh, not only do we have a lot of updates clearly as hours tick by, but uh, a lot uh, we have at least one, we have some things to deal with. So we should move on to a, another segment we like to call. Oh, 
I, sh- I should have done that more. In fact, we are going to listen to what our subscribers, what our listeners, what our dear friends and colleagues out in the universe have to say in a segment we like to call Well, it's so funny that we sang along with that bumper <laughs> because we have a bumper to pick with one of our most frequent uh, uh, contributors to the podcast and most frequent critic of the podcast, Mr. Phoenix Cage, has pointed out that Mike on our video, Mike's audio is almost half a second ahead of his video. This is the second episode. I noticed it, so I had to mention it. And I believe, because I went back and checked, that what you mean is while we're singing along and dancing to the bumpers, which technologically I could ex- I could spend 45 minutes explaining why he's out of sync just for that section of it, uh, which I will spare you. But yeah, there's there's a lot happening technologically, and I he's definitely not half a second in the normal sections during the bumpers. We're just gonna have to deal with the fact that we're uh, we're gonna be singing along and dancing at a different beat because of how technology and the universe and space and time audio works. drift resyncing. Look, it, actually on Mac it was a lot easier because what I was able to do. Well, look, it has a bunch of stuff to do, but I was it was a lot easier to add an audio delay to my incoming audio on Mac. Uh, I figured out kind of how to do it here, so I'm going to experiment over the next few weeks. But what I was doing before, just I, I know Phoenix gets it because he's a he's a tech kind of guy. But I was masking the entire episode, right? I was like, masking my video feed and then placing this video feed on top of this video feed, and then audio syncing it backwards so that we appeared pretty much in sync throughout. But that's like doubled the render time. It doubled everything. It doubled my editing time. And I realized like, it ain't that important to anybody that I be spending this much time on this crap. So uh, not that we don't appreciate uh, the, 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 your time and your, your, <laughs> what I'm saying is it is what it is. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, it's, <laughs> That's the I, longest I run the, just, you know, but uh, peek behind the curtain. I run the bumpers on my soundboard here. And so, and I'm, and they are recorded onto my Pro Tools. So I'm recording, I guess we are going to explain it. So I'm recording uh, my voice and the bumpers on my local Pro Tools. Mm -hmm. And so Mike is hearing me and the bumpers through Skype. So -hmm. there's obviously a delay going on there. And Mike is recording his voice and the, uh, the practice episode audio on his side. And so when we're putting everything together, we have to line up four different things. But because the video can't be, we can't change in the video when he hears the bumper come in, it's just never going to be synced uh, right because we don't have control over space and time. Yeah, and what's even weirder is that I then take your HD audio that you record locally and I sync it to the Skype audio that I'm hearing to try to keep us the conversation timing about right. And what is weird is that on occasion, my sync is really good with the with your bumper. It's just, ran, it's sort of random. And a lot of that has to do with audio drift and frame rates and all kinds of shit that I just only have a kind of tertiary knowledge of. So anyway. Yeah, well, also we're, we're just 
doing this on amateur, uh, as amateurs goofing around on the internet. So mm-hmm. there With you- our time that is supposed to be breaks from work. Like when I'm supposed to be eating a sandwich, I'm like, okay, I'll do some podcasts now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, all the things, all the time I'm spending on this not being a writer, which is my actual job. I literally started working for the first time in forever on, uh, I have a I have a horror series of novels. And the first oh, yeah. two came out like right on schedule, a year apart. The Dead Circle, now available dead, on Amazon. The Dead Circle and its sequel, Beneath the Snow. And the third book of it, I have just decided was is boring to write. So I have, and so like I picked it up for the first time yesterday in a long time. And I'm like, I really need to finish this because I have like maybe two fans, but they really want to find out what happens. So uh, at some well, point, we're good I have, at niche audiences, Keith. It's kind of what we excel at. I have, I truly have found a very even smaller than the out of practice niche. So, anyway, uh, but you know, do check it out. I promise, I'm writing the third one. It's coming. Uh, now, all well, right. But, oh, we, we, have we yeah. already started filings and subpoenas? Okay, forget it. We I'll are, talk we about are that another in time. filings and subpoenas right now because we have more. Uh, Phoenix has more to say, and he actually has. Good point. A, this one's a good point. Your Honor. This verdict is crap. You're behind, Mike. You're behind. (laughs) Those are precious milliseconds we'll never get back. Milliseconds. Phoenix says, I have a correction. Class action refers to a lawsuit filed by an individual or small group acting on behalf of a large group. Thus far, the firm has only represented individuals against corporations or the EPA individuals. A typical class action suit has dozens or hundreds of clients and requires years of work, so a small firm would be unable to handle it on their own. We actually uh, talked about this with the asbestos case, which never happened. Uh, However, their victories were significant because, yeah, right, because they created a precedent that could have made larger firms confident enough to start a class action suit and spend the money to put the word out to potential clients that were harmed by the offending corporation. Uh, very good distinction there. And a perfect example of a class action, if you go and uh, better call Saul, the whole thing with uh, the nursing home, mm-hmm. him and doing the TV ads to get clients to attract people to call them to join the class action suit. That's a good example. Uh, very good point, Phoenix. Yeah. And, the, and I think a, a distinction there that's important is that so in a class action lawsuit, which I've been a part of, I think, at least two that I'm aware of. So every once in a while, you'll get a piece of mail that'll be like, hey, Capital One Bank uh, was using predatory tactics for collections or something. And right. here's a check for 63 cents. Or that right. happened with that right. happened with Google once. I got a check for, I think, a dollar and six cents for something that happened with Google. Oh, because Google Home was listening to us and stealing our audio oh, and not telling us or whatever. Oh, so that- Dollar and three cents, my piece of the pie of that billions of dollar settlement is much smaller than the parents of our uh, of our slide, our swing set lawsuit, who are gonna would receive a much larger piece of that X amount of million dollar settlement. Right, right, because it's an individual. Right. Good so point. Good catch. Good catch, good point. Okay. Keith, we should really be more careful with when we use nomenclature, legal nomenclature. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, we should have a set of bylaws, 
Uh, we should have a <laughs> a visual style guide for my editing, which changes LUTs every week. And it's, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. I really, <laughs> there's uh, a lot of we should-haves. Sh- we should be more careful in literally everything we do. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's the least of our legal problems that we should be more careful about. I know. I, I feel that I came dangerously close to mocking the health of the president of the United States uh, literally 20 minutes ago. <sighs> yeah. Well, honey, God. it's a secret service. Can you get that? <laughs> it's a secret. I think well, they watch my podcast. Well, I, I think I mentioned <laughs> last week uh, the screenplay that I that I wrote that I'm going to do a reading of soon. Now that is going to get the secret service <laughs> at my house. My God, I'll be in trouble. All right. What we need to do now, how to escape from the secret service at our door for our mild treason is to hop into the time machine. And we hop back into the time machine to October 29th, the year 2000. And it makes us ask the question, what were you doing? This day in the basement. Oh, man, the thing's wrong. Oh, there it is. Hold on. Oh, God damn it. Ah, damn it. Milliseconds, Mike. Milliseconds. Um, I want to do it in reverse today only because uh, we have some nice things prepared and you have an, of an actual visual. So let's start with you, Keith. Why don't you tell me what you were doing October 29th, the year 2000, days before our hearts were crushed by the oh. presidential election and the Supreme Court. Uh, but yes, before in- that, I'm sure there was some merriment. Yes, yes, there was. It, well, I mean, obviously, uh, next week, next episode, uh, we will get to what happened in Bush v. Gore, etc. But uh, I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago um, that I had was living in the dorms with my girlfriend at that time, and we had set up our own apartment, and there is little 20-year-old Keith with his fuzzy girlfriend in our dorm room. I, I said I'd find a picture, and here it is. And I like to point out a couple of amazing details. One is the mini disc player on the desk, which was a mini disc recorder. So all of the recordings I had at that point were actually done on that little. Oh my God, you zoomed in? How did you do that? I am a magician of, you are a of magician. technical wizardry. I had that same stereo exactly. Everybody did. Well, it was so fancy because it had that thing that, that when you turned it on, it like the <laughs> came down. The three disc changer stereo with dual audio cassette. So if I oh, wanted shit. to, if I wanted to dub an audio cassette, I could, but I didn't need to because I was using the future of audio technology, the mini disc recorder. Uh, yeah, so that was uh, that was us in the dorm room there. This was the bedroom, and we had a living room, which was the other uh, dorm room. And uh, yeah, so this was, if you're ever wondering what the inside of an Eastman dorm looks like, it's that. We put those shelves up ourselves. Uh, yeah, and really just leaning into the mom jeans. We really yeah, we wouldn't leave nice the house there too. Who's was that a is that a homemade quilt? That was yeah. She was a terrific knitter, and so she knit the whole quilt. It's, I love uh, the mini disc. Remember that? Did you ever have a dad? I never did have a dad. Uh, I know that uh, Sean certainly had dads back in the day, but uh, Sean will be chagrined to know that my first major at Ithaca College, I think I've mentioned this, was uh, uh, audio recording. And uh, we had to do a lot on debt and also reel to reel. So uh, it's a shame oh. that I never got to the actual how to mix and master. <laughs> so our podcast suffers. But, uh, you know, 
<laughs> I just fiddle. Or sink. Yeah, or sink. So it is crazy. I was like, nope, not, not going to work out for me. So Yeah. Well, anyway, that is, you can see all my CD collection. Because, you know, kids, we used to listen to stuff on CDs. Uh, so there it is, as promised, the picture of my dorm room setup in October of 2000. Uh, amazing. So, oh my God, the jackhammering. So, as I said last week, I was sort of in like goo goo gaga land. Yes, you were. Showman's. Showman's town. And uh, listen, Keith has been, though I have shared some emotional moments and I've choked up a couple of times on the podcast, I, I've not been as forthcoming musically as you. <gasps> yes! So I recalled, as I'm thinking about this period of time, that I wrote a song for my then-girlfriend. Yes! And at 19 years old, I had yet to turn 20, which is this year. At 19 years old, I wrote one of the cheesiest songs. Oh, yes! Oh, and I tucked it away. I tucked it away. And Keith, I, I swear to you, I did all that I could to find this. And I could find it on CD but I don't have any way to rip a CD currently. None of my devices have. What? You don't even I, have a, that's crazy. I don't, I have nothing. So I thought, I, I still couldn't let it go. And so I thought today, as a special treat, I would perform for you live. <gasps> it's a live performance, holy shit. To be fair, all I remember is the hook. So it's only a couple of measures, but oh I can't, God. I'm sure the verses were really bad. This the is hook the best is thing that's ever bad. happened. Um, so I'm going to try to do it. I'm going to try to do it legit and not laugh at myself as, okay. as we have to respect the emotions of 19 year old kids, right? Sure. Absolutely. Uh, I'm not saying that I've gotten better as a lyricist. In fact, I've pretty much given up entirely in that department, but regardless, I even brought out a different microphone. Let me see yes. if I can get over to the the proper. Okay. Oh, I hear the jackhammering now. When you breathe, I will exhale. In your arms, I will not fail. I will Yes. Yes. That was, you know what? Honestly, like I, you know, I'm going to give you some shit. I mean, I, I normally would. And I, I plan to, I, I, I have, I've got some things loaded, but, <laughs> but honestly, that's a, that's like a terrific song. Like, I think you could release that. People would like that. Uh, you know, I did at one point, I'll, 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 I'll admit now 20 years later that, uh, at, I won't say who. So at some point, some person in my life, was like, will you write a song for me and my uh, my fiance and sing it at our wedding? This is somebody we both know, by the way. Really? Uh, it may or may not be uh, our stage manager from Titanic. 
cool. Uh, and I was like, sure. And then as is generally the case with me, Keith, I mm -hmm. totally forgot that I had made this promise. <laughs> so I roll to the wedding and she's like, okay, I can't wait to hear the song. And I'm like, oh my God, I promised this person I would write a song for their wedding. And you <laughs> so I, uh, so I, so I had to load up early this song. 2000s Mike. So I had had to load up this song that I had already I had written for my girlfriend, clearly, and just right. like, say that I gave it to them as a gift, which whatever, no harm, no foul, right? But now, years later, we're talking 20 years later, once a year when their anniversary rolls by, there's this big Facebook post being like, oh, here's our song and play. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, first of all, I'm embarrassed oh that God. I stole this tune for myself. Second of all, Stop playing this song I wrote 20 years ago. It's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Well, oh, I'm still a, on. It's a great song. It's a great track. wedding song. It is a good wedding song, I have to say. You know, everybody likes a cheesy wedding song. You know what my brother had me do for his wedding? I have to share this. And maybe I'll hmm. play it one day for the yeah. pod. I shouldn't flame my brother on the podcast. Um, he doesn't listen. That's true. He wanted... He wanted uh, with or without you from you too. He wanted sure. me and Jen to do the duet at his wedding, and I and and I was honest. I was like, "Look, have you listened to the lyrics of that song? It it it's not really. It doesn't feel romantic in any way <laughs> if you listen to it." So he's yeah. like, "Well, what if I rewrite the words?" And I was like, "Um, that's a choice. I'm gonna rewrite you too. Great. That's a choice." And so he did, and uh, <laughs> and we did it. You know, like what I'm, who I'm, I didn't ask for criticism. He just asked if we would write, if we would sing it. So we did. Right, right. And uh, I can't, you know what? Maybe not for the pod, but I'm going to send to you the lyrics. Oh, and, I. That my really brother rewrote for you that. too. Uh, Perhaps uh, we can anyway, perform it together. It's a duet, right? It is a duet. Yeah. It well, is a duet. There it is. Okay. Wow. So, uh, well, anyway. Okay. All right. I, hold on. I, I have blushing? a lot of thoughts. Okay, please. You, you tried to filibuster through my thoughts. <laughs> No, we unfortunately the Dems. The Dems ended the filibuster. Yeah, right. Uh, no, I mean, like I said, I actually really like that song. I think that's totally. Uh, you don't a need doable it. Song. I don't need it. Uh, my, my only question sure. is: is the first line, uh, I, "I will exhale, I will exhale when you breathe." You yeah, are yeah. making a lot of promises not to have halitosis. Because if you're breathing into her breath. mouth directly, you better brush those teeth, sir. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess that is test. I mean, you're taking it very literally, but I guess that means like if you got hit, if you died, I would perform mouth to mouth, which you would think hopefully you would do even for a non-loved one. Oh, oh, I see. All right. All right. So if you stopped breathing, I would mm -hmm. exhale. When you breathe, I will exhale. So yeah, I don't, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but it, I knew that it was, I was, I think sometimes I set up rhymes in reverse. Sure. You know? Sure. Well, and, uh, you know, I also wrote a song for a wedding of a of a mutual person we both know. <laughs> and who knew that our podcast would become so incriminating? <laughs> and uh, instead of oh, we love it, we're gonna we're gonna play this song over and over and over again. Thank you so much. Um, the response to the song was oh, okay. Then they got a divorce. So Shazam. <laughs> well, it's you know. Uh, I have I remove all com comedy from my comedian from myself right now. Unfortunately, uh, our friend's wife passed away. 
And uh, so it's oh, like a right. double doozy because every time she plays the song, it's like a memorial. And I'm like, oh God. It was just like a, I forgot to keep my prom. Here's a song like that I pulled out of my catalog to sing for. And now it's become like a tribute. Oh God. Well, but that's but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Maybe that worked out the way it should have. It did because I don't date this girl anymore. It's not like she needs a song. So I'm glad that it it was written. Now it is officially their song because it sure like, as hell ain't mine. If, if it is serving a purpose, if it is helping somebody, if it's making somebody happy, then great. It's the that's, greatest song. It's a great song. It's the most amazing song. <coughs> it's a great song. <laughs> now, Keith. We've reached our, our quota of schadenfreude today. Yeah, things that might not age well. <laughs> <laughs> like a TV show from 20-some years. Yes, what took me in the hair curtains today? Oh People my weren't God. expecting a mimosa today. I, I, I'm just a little loopy. Yeah, me too. And we're 40-some odd minutes into this. All right, it is time to move Shit. forward and stop talking about ourselves. Because we, we haven't recorded a pod in like almost six days. So we've only talked about ourselves for like four hours a day. Spent more time then, with so. you this week than Jim. <laughs> it is now finally. It's time for the Out of Practice Podcasts This Day in the World. The greatest hits, the biggest movies, headlines from Vermont, essential sports updates, and for some inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike. Okay, we are, of course, talking about October 29th, the year 2000. And we were still listening to Come On Over, Baby, All I Want Is You by Christina Aguilera. And, of course, the cover of the Burlington Free Press, talk about uh, Timely, said that political ideology trumps specifics. If you unpack that sentence, it has some relevance yet. Yeah, really. The top movie, of course, was Meet the Parents in its fourth week of domination. All right, thank you so much. Actually, you know, that movie held pretty pretty big significance because it began the De Nerosance, the com- where his comedic career really began. That's true. At that, yeah, he was like, I need work. I'm going to be funny now. And, and it, uh, it worked. And then he briefly made a return to acting recently, really. And then uh, he's now retreated back to just uh, grumpy old punditry. Basically just uh, <laughs> becoming, a, exploiting a caricature of yourself mm-hmm. for comedy perpetually. And so, really hating Trump. Really hating Trump. Well, I, I have no problems with that. All right. It's time, it's, time, it's, time. it's time for sports. Well, I'm going to show you something this week as opposed to reading stuff because it was a very important. All right. Thank you. This was a very important week in sports ball. So I'm not going to tell you about it. I'm going to show you what happened this exact day in the world of sports ball, October 29th, the year 2000, and we've got a clip. Meanwhile, the New York football giants off a of bye. Remember, teams are below 500 off buys this year. But one thing Jim Fossil has done is always been the Eagles. Seven straight over Philadelphia, including week two this year. That's right. When did the New York football giants played the Eagles. Start, Meadowlands, Kerry Collins dumps the tiki bar. And tiki. beat them 
mercilessly. 24-7. Raising the Giants' record to 6-2. You see no game Dane there scoring a touchdown. We had another touchdown from Amani Toomer. I kill your look. Oh, Mike Caldwell. Yikes. He got up. Eagles can play D now. Oh, boy. Minute 38 left in the half. And the internet fair use rules tell us that's all the clip that we'll be watching That's all we can do. But the New York football giants crushed the Philadelphia football Eagles on a day that I enjoyed a great deal. Which means it's now time for... No, no, no. No weather. I love now torturing you by playing the segment, even though you've already told me we're not yeah. doing weather this week. I'm still going to play it. But one of these weeks, you're not going to, you're not, you're never going to know when t- uh, true crime is coming or maybe a weather segment or maybe me just going like this. Like a weird doctor <laughs> sketch that no one's prepared for. <laughs> It wasn't funny anyway. Plus, <laughs> is now going to air about three weeks after it happened. So right, really. and it's going to be and and it's going to be wildly inappropriate after <laughs> like something horrible happens. No, we need him to be well. Yes, we do. Because yes, we despite do. all of this, the two super soft shelled libs still somehow respect the office. Well, and it's it's not you know like look we. Nobody likes Trump, and he deserves lots of horrible things to happen to him, but nobody deserves to die, A, and B, it is bad for our country. It is much better that he just loses and goes to prison, and we move on with our life. But it is now time. I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value, and I'm not going to take this anymore. It's time. Uh, this episode is Season 5, Episode 4, Appeal and Denial. It was written by David E. Kelly, of course, and a new writer joins the show, Lucas Reiter. Not W-R, but R-E-I. This is his first to practice episode. He also wrote a lot on The Firm TV show. He wrote 51 episodes of The Blacklist. <laughs> And he is now mainly a producer, but he will get an Emmy nomination as a writer for this show. But we're not going to talk about it yet because we are this still episode? not this episode. OK, but later this okay. was directed by Dennis Smith, who last directed Honorable Man, which leaves us with only one thing to do before we watch the show. What is that supposed to mean? What's your problem? Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? What? No. What does Mike think's gonna happen? Yeah, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? I'm reporting you to YouTube. Is that too much? (laughs) I mean, Frott said it, not me. That's true. That's true. Look, the previously on last week told us we were going to get a rehash of all of our cases, but we only really got two out of three. All we did was like, Rebecca said something to Bobby about something in his case. And then we saw our guest star, whose name I have no idea to remember, uh, got mad and like freaked Bruce out. Bruce Davidson. Bobby again. Bruce Davidson, yes. So I think we're doing one of these, Keith, Keith, Keith a capital A case to this week. We're going to deal just with the appeal of Keith Ellison. Uh, is that his name? No. Not 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 at all. No, that's... <laughs> 
<laughs> you just made up a name. It came to my the, my frontal lobe with such confidence, and then as I said it, I was like, "You're you don't know what his name is. You just asked and still don't know." In fact, no, no, not that's all <laughs> patently wrong. You just made up. Well, whatever his name is, Bobby's case with his buddy who maybe killed his wife and the brother lied, all that crap. We're gonna Bubba Wallace. Gonna, no, it's gonna no. come to a head today. Uh, which is not uh, a big swing. I know I promised big swings. So here's what we're going to find out. So yeah, let's get that big swing. I can't believe it. So um, some, during this episode, we're going to learn something, Keith. Oh, okay. Well. No, I'm going to tell you what we're going to learn. And it's going to explain why Bobby is a little bit more frantic than usual. We're going to see it. We're going to see almost Bobby McRambo this week. And I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Lindsay's pregnant. Lindsay oh. is pregnant. We got a pregnancy test here. This is telling me Lindsay is pregnant and Bobby, somehow uh, it, it's going to play a big factor in Bobby's emotional state in this episode. Wow, look, he broke the code. He broke the code of the secret code. Did I? I don't. Am I right? Well, maybe, maybe not. Oh, man. All right. And now it is time for you to switch over to your favorite podcasting service of choice and listen to us, listen to the episode. You've probably stopped listening by now because we've almost wasted an hour of your time and we haven't even talked about the practice, but it's now time that we're going to do that. Check it out. Hey guys, it's Keith. Guess what? Mike doesn't know we're talking right now. I'm going to slip this into the episode, hopefully after he stops editing it. So, if you remember, a couple of months ago, Mike went crazy for my 40th birthday. And guess what? In a couple of weeks, it's going to be Mike's 40th birthday. So, I've set up a secret account to send him happy birthday messages. You can email me or send a voice message or whatever. You can send it to happy40mike.com at gmail.com. That's happy four zero Mike at gmail.com. Let's send him into his forties in style. Bye. Season five, episode four, appeal and denial and Lindsay's pregnancy. Two years. That's it? Yes. It's a decent plea for us. If he gets convicted, the right, most he'd so serve is probably three. Just the A case is But I could have died, Helen. I understand, wrong. but like you said, you didn't think he was really trying to kill you. But he tried to hurt me. Which is why he's about to go on trial. I'll get him, Margaret. But if we can Good get the guy, plea, Helen. Right. You New don't Helen. want to be put through this. I know your husband's lawyers. They're tough. Three years. Her lipstick is bold today, Keith. Bold flavoring on that I am not right. pleading guilty. Look, this is your wife. Princess Leia looking lady. Ladies who, whose hairdo was weird, and I'm glad I wasn't the first person to say it. Yes, indeed. All right, so we have met uh, this new character who Lara Flynn is going to be prosecuting on behalf of, played by Diane Venora, who is a Golden Globe nominee for The Bird, Heat, 
<clears throat> she was also in Heat, The Jackal, Romeo and Juliet, The Thirteenth Warrior, Chicago Hope, and we're gonna we're gonna do a deep dive into uh, nerdy Broadway trivia because she played Lady McBee in the Scottish play in the year two thousand, just about what or two thousand two, uh, opposite Kelsey Grammer as the title character which closed after only 21 performances on Broadway, mm. which uh, the cast inc- also included a pre-fame Ty Burrell, uh, but that was a colossal disaster of a s- version of the Scottish play. Now, for those of us nerds out there, Star Trek nerds, the next version of the Scottish play was, of course, performed on Broadway with Patrick Stewart, Ooh. which I saw. If you had to, if, if I cornered, if we cornered, 100 people, Keith, of various uh, demographics and uh, made them choose, forced their life choice. Yes. Would they prefer to see, sit through the Scottish play with being helmed by Kelsey Grammer or (laughs) Patrick Stewart? What percentage of those 100 people do you think would choose Kelsey Grammer? Uh, Well... A percentage that would uh, last about 21 performances on Broadway. (laughs) Saying you pushed her down a flight of stairs. I didn't touch her. The problem is victims of domestic violence can look very sympathetic. She is not a victim. Well, they'll make her look like one. And the jury is going to want to know why would she lie about this? I would like to know myself. Robert. What about my daughter? If I plead guilty to a crime like this, then I'll lose custody of her. Well, that isn't necessarily true. You could get custody. No, I didn't do it. I didn't throw my wife down a flight of stairs, and I won't say that I did. Keith, what are the chances that the wife that went down the stairs was pregnant, thus making his crimes more severe? Oh, <clears throat> so he attempted double homicide, like last week. We're going to do the whole pregnancy thing back to back. However, it's a good question. But first off, I'm very glad to see Rebecca back on the yes. show. On this client. So clearly, we are doing a head to head battle between uh, Lara Flynn and Rebecca and Jimmy there. And we should also point out clearly the husband who threw her down a flight of stairs. Accused perpetrator of domestic violence. <laughs> Great. That, that's always the good. That's a good phrase to, uh, you know, to set to music as a, a joke. All right. Uh, that is Tom Comedian? Amandes. Comedian? Tom Amandes from Everward. The Long Kiss Goodnight. From the Earth to the Moon. Scandal. Parenthood. And Saving Lincoln. Do it live! Uh, I don't course, care what my... by uh, that guy. That's hard. And no. he was Elliot Ness in the Untouchable series. All right, so your prediction thus far is uh, over everything. Yeah. Which is where we are usually at this point. Is somebody pregnant? Am I just wildly wrong about the the two pink lines? I don't know. We're going to find out. You do know. Well, I do know. Yeah. So you're but lying. I, you're a I lying have too much liar integrity. Face. There's there's an integrity to what we're doing here that I would never give up. That's true. When I think about you and our podcast, <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind is integrity. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So here it is. We're gonna we're about to find out. I know Mike doesn't. You probably don't remember. Can I have your attention, everybody? I have they love very that exciting shot news. Of, like, the building that looks like now, it's kind of private, but um, hey, I've been keeping it in for like two Ooh, months now, and I can't anymore. The ensemble today, Keith. Parishioners, it is time to contemplate the answer to one of God's greatest mysteries. What the hell is Lucy wearing? Me first, me first, me first. Okay, go for it. Lucy, to me, looks like she is dressed for her 90s screen test to play the lead in the sitcom Blossom. Oh, yeah. No, that, that is a frequent uh, outfit that she's, or a frequent objective of her outfit, yes. Uh, I'll let you give the, the actual play-by-play. Yeah, well, it, she's wearing some sort of a shirt with a very aggressive print, and I believe I saw some sort of like a tiger or a lion printed mm-hmm. across the back with a uh, tremendous amount of uh, costume jewelry. Lots of jewelry, uh, and some sort of like hippie crystal palace sort of earrings. Um, just re- they're really Lucy's really out there this week, and you know what? I'm here for it. There's some little ear chandeliers. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. She has a presentation what? apparently for the office today. Well, two months ago. Now keep in mind, it is so not like me to go through waste cans, but it was a dull day, and I was in the ladies' room. Anyways, I found this pregnancy test thing. Uh oh. And it was positive. Stop right there. I know it could have been anybody. Fan, let's fan, let's really pick that apart. Okay, here's here's what I got. Yeah, Lucy was like just. Well, let's 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 play it out like it probably really happened. We're in the metaverse here. Okay, all right. Lucy's bored AF at work. Yeah. Yes. Um, not a lot of calls that day. So she's like dawdling in the bathroom, as we all have done. You're sure. like, hey, you know what? I'm going to take a little break in the restroom, just kind of like meander about, wash my hands a couple times, look, right. do my hair, my hair curtains in the mirror. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then she decides to take a detour and she's like, you know what? I'm going to just go through the trash. She's going to go through the trash. Yeah. Right. Oh my goodness. There's a pregnancy test inside right. of the trash. And I'm guessing yep. she's about to tell us that it's positive. Uh, right, but she's also going to say this was a two months ago. But I'd I'd really like to go back and think about going to the trash because, okay. uh, just just really think about how disgusting that is. Uh, the trash in the ladies' room. I'm assuming that if it is that kind of a test, perhaps next to the toilet. Uh, definitely, a, pe- definitely peed on. Definitely peed on at the very least. Uh, that's a really, Lucy. I love you. That's really gross. Now, Keith, I can yeah. say, as a man, yes. um, in my life, I've actually administered one pregnancy test. How did you do that? Did you <laughs> hold the stick while she peed on it? So, I had a friend. This was not my wife or a girlfriend, even. It was just a friend, a, a dear, dear friend, who uh, was uh, exhibiting symptoms of being pregnant Mm-hmm. and was afraid to be pregnant and thus had some emotional distress about administering the pregnancy test. Understandably. And thus asked me if I would do so. And then I I just had the same query you did. Like, oh, yeah, I'm happy to help out. But like, what are you saying? Mm-hmm. So she peed in a cup and then I dipped the test in, basically. Wow, that is much more aggressive than I even thought it was going to be. So at least you weren't like, 
trying to aim it into the stream. So that's Correct. good. But yes. you did have I, to deal with, hey, good friend of mine who is not either a family member nor a romantic partner. Here's a cup of my warm pea. Oh, yes. It, precisely. I even did a double. I dipped the pea and then I poured the pea upon the test because I wasn't sure which was more accurate. Wow. wow. That is... That We've is good friendship. That I'm, yes, I'm a good friend. Is what we no, we're we're good friends. I have never once uh, asked you to uh, deal with my pee. Uh, now, what if it was pregnant Tom Brady, who uh, we've visited on the pod before? Somehow that this has come it, to, uh, come up twice now. <laughs> it might actually be. Uh, yeah, well, for Tom Brady, sure. Okay, let's let's you know what? Let's go back to the fictional universe of the world where Lucy is bad. You know, as a victim of someone who had been spied upon in her apartment in her own bathroom. I... Maybe this was just like some PTSD. Oh, my goodness. PTSD, man. On this floor. Oh, boy. You know what? I should boo (laughs) that, but I... I, A bookcase. Pretty good pun. And I opened it, you know, thinking it was just office supplies. Books, usually library things. Unfortunately, I know it could have been anybody on this floor, but I still had a feeling. Then yesterday, a book came. And I opened it, you know, thinking it was just office supplies, books, usually library things. Unfortunately, I threw away who it was addressed to, and then the trash guy came and picked it up and... Keith, did you see yeah. Bobby's side eye there? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back because it seems to me like Bobby side-eyed to Lindsay there, which could bode well for Mike's prediction. Then yesterday, a book came. And I opened it, you know, thinking it was just office supplies, books, usually library things. Unfortunately, I threw away uh, who it was addressed I. to, and then the trash guy came uh-huh. and picked it up. And, well, whatever. Oh, it is definitely a tiger on the What to picture. expect when you're expecting. <gasps> okay. Somebody hears Pragos. Lindsay. So I have a really big question. Did she steal the book from somebody? She cleared, well, she opened the mail and found it in there. And, so these and are the, two federal offenses Lindsay has just uh, perpetrated. Oh, for sure. For sure. But I... You know, having a book arrive at your office, I get it. Like, you know, maybe you don't have a mail room in your building or whatever. So be it. But if you're going to take a pregnancy test, why would you do it at the office? Well, if you're a lawyer, you probably spend most of your time at the office. Well, sure. But like, you can just take it home and when you get home, do it in the privacy of your own home. Maybe you don't want Bobby to know that you're pregnant. Ooh, I will accept the uh, the premise of what you're saying. Well done. I didn't order that thing. Oh, come on. I thought I saw a tummy. I did not order Gross. that thing. Lindsay, we might as well tell him. What? That's great. Thank you, Lucy, for your exciting news. Well, I couldn't keep it from the family. How far along? Four months. Who's hey, the father? You did it. funny today. <laughs> Congratulations. Well done, Mr. Indeglio. You so, were right. So at some somehow, my, only my big swings ever turn out to be true. That's true. Although I guess that's not as big a swing. Well, I gave you some pretty good hints and context clues. They just got married and such, and they're Catholic, so. Okay, so thanks for cutting my balls off right there. <laughs> but, uh, so are they right? Is this like an excuse to write the Kelly Williams off the show? Or write a baby into it. Mm. Bobby, I don't trust Bobby around an infant as far as I can throw to a church stoop. 
that, ma'am? That was what we call an awkward wait, cut wait, to a screaming victim. You have to hurry! Yeah, okay, okay, stay on the line. Just tell me what's happening. What are you doing? My husband! It's me, Sarah! What the hell are you doing, Margaret? Ma'am, are you there? Recorded on deck. Get back on the phone, ma'am. Hello? What's happening, ma'am? Hello? Fan. 830 Brayson. Are you familiar with that address? Yes. After getting the radio run, I responded to that location. And what did you find? This is the front door was open. When we got inside, we found the defendant at the base of a stairwell in the foyer area. Mrs. Wakefield was lying face up wearing a nightgown, and she appeared to be unconscious. The defendant was sitting next to her, holding her head from behind. Was there anybody else in the house? The defendant's nine-year-old daughter. She said she was in her room and didn't see anything. Could you describe the defendant's demeanor when you spoke to him? He was very upset. Right away, I could smell alcohol in his breath mm. and his eyes. They were very glassy. What did you do next? I called for an ambulance and we took Mrs. Wakefield to Mass General. Could you describe her condition? At first, she was still unconscious. But on the way there, she started to come too. That's when she told me that her husband had pushed her. Just to be clear, officer, could you describe Mrs. Wakefield's exact words? He pushed me. Robert pushed me. I wonder. You how said my client was upset. The yes. murder that he wasn't was violent. Staircase no. Netflix and when you got there, you saw him this. sitting with his wife holding her head in his hands. Yes. So you cannot exclude the possibility that Mrs. Wakefield tripped on her own nightgown. Can I positively exclude it? No, but I... Thank you, officer. When Mrs. Wakefield was taken to the hospital, my client went with her, right? He met us there, yeah. And did you permit Mr. Wakefield to visit his own wife? At that point, we didn't even know what we had. Really? So even after Mrs. Wakefield's big statement in the ambulance, you still weren't sure a crime had been committed? We were investigating. You weren't sure about what she told you? We had no reason to doubt her. But the man she accused of pushing her, you allowed him to visit her, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, that's pretty screwed up. Yeah, for sure. All right, more prison B-roll. What do you mean, spots? I mean, spots. I'm, uh, it's worse when I look at the light. Oh, it's but, Bobo uh, McFinkel. Even oh, when I don't, I still see spots. Um, they're big, and then they shrink, and then uh, when I blink, they uh, come back. Not always, but I mean, sometimes. Oh, sometimes I see them. And you said they had the optometrist examined. Bruce Davidson back at I mean, how many kids Scott do you know Wallace, went to med school actually. so that they could Keith examine Ellison? prisoners? Keith I mean, Ellison. Doctors in this place are all unemployable hacks. Is it fun? Keith, have any more top administration officials? Is what fun? COVID-19 well, positive I, I would think it'd be fun. You know, you must dream about oh, big cases. And uh, this one, a murder, your, your friend on the hook. I mean, I would think that this has all the stakes that any lawyer could ever wish for. And if you're not having fun now, Bobby, I mean, then what's the point? You know? This man is uh, like Scott, going crazy. we're going to have you meet with a psychiatrist. Or quickly going crazy. <laughs> I was convicted, for God's sake. What, you you want to have me declared oh. incompetent to stand a piece? <laughs> Actually, uh, well, Chris Christie, oh, I mean, smart. also Why don't you uh, examine my eyes while you're at it? Do, do I get to go? So are very similar, actually. Where? There's the scene. <laughs> Chris Christie and Kevin. He's losing it. <laughs> what if the Patriots replaced Tom honey. Brady with Chris Christie? <laughs> I'd pay all the money in the world to watch that. 
Meanwhile, Bruce Davidson's going crazy. Doesn't this lady, isn't didn't they costume her a little bit like Frida? Yes, like they historical did. fiction. It's not wrong. historical uh, character. I don't okay, think then, yes. Robert intended to push me down the stairs. I beg we your can. pardon? I've been replaying this over and over again. Have you been talking to him? No. We have thought of reconciling. But this is the truth. I made a mistake. Margaret, me too. Keep did not don't you dare do this. Helen, at the time, I, I didn't know what to think. Uh, one minute we're fighting, the next I wake up in a hospital. Police officers asking me questions. No, I, I, I was angry. I think I convinced myself at the time that he did it on purpose, but he didn't. And I'm dropping the charges. First of all, you don't get to drop the charges. Only the district attorney can do that. But it's my Which choice a good thing whether to continue. Actually, no, it's frequently. not. You chose mm -hmm. to call 911. Now I make those decisions. I'm not testifying, Helen. Then I'll get a material witness order and have you arrested. If you try to force me, I'll tell the jury I fell. This was an accident. Oh, Margaret, I know you think you have no life without this man, but trust but me. I'm not some weak victim here. I played Look. Lady McBee on Broadway and we got closed. We've had a complicated, volatile relationship. If you want to prosecute me for false arrest or whatever, I'll own that. But the man didn't push me down the stairs. Inside joke, Keith, I'm going to share with just you. Ooh. Harder to do. Share the stage in a Shakespearean play with Kelsey Grammer mm -hmm. or earn your tier one health weeks in the new Actors' Equity health plan. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I when when we got that... Uh, well, all right, I'll, I'll break the inside part of it. In, uh, in the Actors' Union, in the Theatrical Actors' Union called Actors' Equity, you have to work a certain amount of weeks under a qualifying contract in order to get your health insurance for free. Um, and, of course, they just lowered the the bar of the number of weeks uh, in order to get that health insurance. However, they're also not approving any contracts. So they could say, if you work one week, we'll give you health insurance for life. And it means nada because there is no theater. Just to correct that, they raised the bar. They did oh, they raised the it. bar. Quite oh, substantially, great. in fact. Yeah. You have to now work. It used to be if you got 20 weeks, you'd get a full year's worth of full health insurance. Right. Now... You have to work 16 weeks to get half a year of tier three health insurance, which is pretty pimp. But there are now tier twos and tier ones, which are basically uh, shit. Oh. It doesn't matter what tier. You can't get any work right now, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, so. Sorry, that was a complete aside, but. Everything about this episode today is a complete aside. Yeah. Oh, Richard Bay now. Is he going to rub it in? What happened? My victim just recanted. That's why I prefer murders. When they're dead, they can't change their stories. Wow, that's a thing you just said. <laughs> what do you want? Helen being Helen still. I came to apologize. 
Wow. I have been a little influenced by politics of late. You were there for me when my job was in peril, and I want you to know I'm here for you I still you want now. a shot with you, Helen. Is my job in peril? Helen, they've stuck you with domestic violence. What does that tell you? They. They being Kate Brunner. Well, that's... Well, your boss did tell you last week she was... She carries a lot of power. any slip-up. So, yes, your job's on the line, Helen. I'm told you're supplying She's Bobby Donald with an affidavit. Not that you suborned perjury, only that I thought the witness was coached and that he committed perjury. If I can give you a little advice, I wouldn't give him that statement. Is that why you're here, Richard? To reach out and gag a friend? No, it, it really doesn't affect me. It does your case, and therefore you with Kate Brunner. You win, she likes you. You lose, she doesn't. And if I lose... You will get the brunt of the blame, not me. Why do they keep using Kate's last name? I already Would gave Bobby that. the affidavit. Look, we're trying... Come on, Indeglio. Thanks for we're stopping by, We're trying to establish Richard. a character. It's been good to catch up. We couldn't afford her this week. We're just going to say her name a lot. She was too busy on the West Wing. She was indeed. You working late? The Wallace appeal is tomorrow. Are you feeling okay? Fine. I'm glad it's out. It was hard for me to keep it a secret. <laughs> Bobby, didn't I didn't take time, the pregnancy huh? test here. Did you order that book? Me? Oh. No. Wait a second. So she is pregnant, but somebody else is pregnant too? Oh, well, we have questions. Is it Eleanor Frutt with George Vogelman's baby? <laughs> From two years ago, George Ogleman's baby. You know, serial killers take uh, 22 months to gestate. No, they froze his dead sperm after the murder from Helen, just in case. Just so they could study case. it. They wanted to study the DNA, mm, you mm. know, for like to get the, into the mind of a serial killer. And then Eleanor was like, well, I'm not getting any younger. It's I, in the well, fridge. I don't, I don't know if they wanted to get into the mind, but they did want to get into the habit. Gonna let that sit there for a minute. <laughs> Just let me sit in my us. own sadness. Either that or somebody else is pregnant. Well, we don't know what Rebecca's okay, been up to. Maybe she's been. That, that's oh, right. Sure. Or maybe it's a big uh, deception about? from Lucy. Just the case. Miss Washington. Oh, a little diversion. Hmm. Can I speak to you? Well, I, I represent your husband. Yes, I know. So I've decided not to speak. testify. Oh. Jimmy's not convinced? Well, actually, I do want to testify. But for Robert. I'm not sure I understand. Your he client just feels is like innocent. like the denials of the Appeals and Denials title. Could be. I mean, they went to commercial, so seems pretty clear. Dunkaroos, dunkaroos, you don't just dunk, you dunkaroo. That is the only commercial jingle that came to my head. I don't know why. <laughs> you got a problem. I've never even heard that one. He's about two weeks away from Bridgewater. He's suffering from severe clinical depression. He needs to be hospitalized right now. We're doing court. Bobby, this man is not going to court. 
He's in the middle of what's called a situational mental breakdown, most likely caused by twin positional traumas. The death of his guy who plays Santa when he's not appearing on the practice. Yes, indeed, that is Peter Michael Goetz. From Father of the Bride 2, Jumpin' Jack Flash, My Girl, Glory, The Faculty TV Show, Twin Peaks, Aftermath, and one of my favorite underground horror films, Chud. Did that break you? Uh, Just a moment, please. Please hold. Please hold. Please hold. Who's got COVID now? Please hold. Important information incoming. Please hold. Um, oh. There you go. Wow. Oh, look at that. Keith, uh, we'd have to roll it back, but I'm pretty certain that I once again was in the exact key. I think you were too. Well done. His wife and the conviction. The Whatever spots, neurons I have away to sleep are The man is on the verge of a psychotic accurate. breakdown. He needs to be hmm. transferred to a mental facility right now. Eugene, go to Wolf, file a motion that he be transferred to the hospital jail ward. I'll handle the appeals court myself. So Keith Ellison I'll need your is crazy. Can you agree to supervise the hospital? Phineas Flabberton is uh, You've got to get him out of prison. Having a breakdown. Let's go. So I'd like to point out seasons, four seasons, where anytime we can, any any angle we can play, we jump at. Right? We we don't care if it's even true. We will jump at anything to defend our clients. Right. We're all now all of a sudden. The, uh, Keith is or what? What is his actual name again? One more time. <laughs> Scott Wallace. S- Scott Wallace. What is that the character name? That is a character name. The actor's okay. name is Bruce Davidson. Thank you. Scott seems to be legit crazy. And Bobby <clears throat> and Eugene are sort of like, uh, they're sort of uh, inconvenienced by this, it seems, by their body language. Meanwhile, Rebecca has the wife of their client come in and be like, you know what? After all, he didn't hurt me. And they seem like, her and Jimmy, of all people, seem like, mm, we can't trust this. I mean, season two, people would have been jumping all over this, up and down. They would have been having a party. That's that's true. Although I think in the case of the uh, uh, George Smith or whatever his name is, Scott Wallace, uh, I tried to come up with a name. I couldn't come up with anything funny. I, was, I, got, I had Vogelman. It, that was a bad comedic beat. Uh, so... In Scott Wallace's case, they have a couple of good grounds for appeal that they're working on right now that they sort of need him to be able to participate in in a sane fashion in order to get. Mm, so fair. I feel like they will hop on the insanity train after those ex- appeals are denied. Get it? Appeal and denial. He had me by the shoulders. Uh, I can remember his face being right there in front of me. I had never heard him scream like that. What were you fighting about? The same thing as always. He wouldn't stop drinking. It was getting worse since the wedding. Did you tell him you were worried? I tried. But when Robert's like that, you can't tell him anything. What was he saying? It was my fault. 
he had to drink because I was making him miserable. He was yelling and shaking me. That's Couldn't get when the blood I got off scared. My hands. Mm. I waited till he left the room and called 911. The judge tell the jury Hunt. why you called the we police. We haven't heard from her yet. I never wanted to have him arrested. I thought they could just get him out of the house. Keith, I'm going to let Hold you uh, maybe. talk Until a little bit uh, what we'd like to call the I didn't safety pee uh, stall. Oh, oh, okay. Well, I feel like you did. I don't know where you went. Uh, but if, guys, if you're going to safety pee and you would also like a pregnancy test while you're safety peeing, the guy to talk to is Mike Indeglio because he is just not thrown by you handing him a, a, a bucket of warm pee and a pregnancy test. Not only is he going to give you the test, he is actually going to both do the the dip and the drip. And if you're gonna do a, an effective, accurate pregnancy test, you must do the dip and the drip. And of course, Mike is the person that you go to if you need a standard dip and drip. Now, if you're doing so, you should not be a family member or a romantic partner. You should just be a friend because he will be there for you. Now, I'm wondering- Just fascinating. Just fascinating. <laughs> I can't wait till you hear what I said. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to edit it, so I guess I'm going to have to listen to it. He was sober again. But then he heard you on the phone. He came up behind me and ripped the phone out of my hand. That's why I was screaming on the tape. Oh. I was could scared, also, so I folks, ran. It could also be called I got to the stairs, I was going sprinkle. too fast. All I remember is falling mm. and waking up at the hospital. Mrs. Wakefield, I want to be clear. Did Robert push you down those stairs? No. We were fighting, but I got he didn't hurt me. I and tripped I and I fell. But that's not what you told the police. I was angry. They were trying to get me to say what they wanted, and I wanted to punish him. Now, don't they sort we of... We were at the top of the staircase. Robert had Helen me by the hair. I begged him to let me go, and then he pushed testimony? me from behind. Isn't that what you said in the hospital? I didn't really have time to think about things. Have you and your husband yeah, talked about reconciling? Sort of. Yes. But I'm not when sure did you have you these talks? Legally. A few days ago. Oh, shit. Look at your face, Margaret. So the picture we're looking at, it doesn't look like she fit on the steps. It looks like someone beat the shit. Look. Yeah. I'm not saying that I didn't fall down the stairs. I'm not saying that it didn't happen as a result of an argument and scuffle with Robert. What I am finally admitting to You've answered my question. No, I haven't. Ask that the witness be instructed. You are trying to make it seem like he's controlling me. The witness may answer the question. What I am finally admitting to is that he didn't intend for me to fall. I know that disturbs your case, but like it or not, it's the truth. It's an interesting I mean, okay. dynamic. I would like to focus the court's attention on our first issue for appeal. So it's it's a fictitious case, so it's it's hard to speculate, but that's what we do. Mm -hmm. um, 
it really, this focuses a little bit on Wadir here because regardless, regardless of that, I don't want to call it a recantion, but uh, that testimony, if they had, if the prosecution had done a good job during Wadir and had gotten some jury members with a history of domestic violence or experience with it, that testimony could actually reinforce that, you know, that idea that she's being controlled or that she's afraid to to accuse him still. And, you know, that could... I guess what I'm saying is all is not lost, although it's definitely not good for the case. For the prosecution, yeah. I mean, when you're dealing with a case like this, there's a lot... Uh, you You have sort of possibly unreliable witnesses on both sides. Mm-hmm. And so the, I mean, certainly Helen's job is to take care of the victim, whether or not they're willing to participate in their own defense or not. Because you have to assume, you know, we've we've discussed briefly on the podcast, and I'm sure it's not a surprise to anyone who's listening, <clears throat> that uh, many, many, many less domestic violence cases are prosecuted than probably should be. Oh, by a, a huge great margin. margin, I'm sure. Yeah. So for this one to actually be prosecuted, they had to, especially with this particular DA's office, who's had some uh, recent issues, must have been pretty, pretty confident that they could win this one. Right. So, right. you know, uh, there we are. Which is also, the trial court's refusal to conduct spray. an evidentiary hearing concerning the charge of perjury by a material witness Sorry, guys, I had to and pee. the prosecution's I mean... role in suborning that perjury. <laughs> Attached to our supplemental brief is the sworn affidavit of District Attorney Helen Gamble, who was present when Mr. Bay encouraged the witness Kyle Barry. Not all of us have 64 Coke Zero cans lying about that we could just piss in. <laughs> to give false testimony. That's not what her affidavit says. It alleges he coached the witness, but doesn't go so far as to state he's suborned perjury. It says he supplied testimony which was new and different from any prior statement given by this witness. That, to me, implies perjury. And a reading of Miss Gamble's affidavit reveals that she, too, drew that inference. Mr. Bay, I assume you take issue with this allegation. I'm offended by it. I certainly expressed to the witness the need for his testimony to be compelling. I never remotely asked him to lie. What about the idea that you supplied the testimony? I gave him a list of points we needed to cover. I told him what was most relevant, what needed to be emphasized. The idea that I encouraged false testimony is preposterous. It's a desperate ploy by a defense team that's even arguing its own inadequacy, if you look at paragraph six. I haven't got to that yet. Your honors, this is the catch-all inadequacy of counsel appeal that's typically thrown out there when the defendants have little else to go on. The fact remains, Scott Wallace is an educated man. He participated in his defense fully. This was a strategic decision to which he relented. It does not rise to a denial of his right to testify. It's unfair surprise. In that scene, uh, A, that the two judges who spoke were Nick Toth and Linda Bezesti. And of course, there was a third judge, just like last week, who was just an extra and not allowed to speak. Uh, but also, if you go back and watch that scene, that is clearly a redress of our main courtroom that we're in all the time, that they just changed the judge's bench and put a lamp behind Bobby, a green lamp, to make it look as if that were not our usual set. They didn't even bother to change the background behind the windows. So now for the first time this episode, we are going to hear Linda Hunt speaking in her chambers, and, <clears throat> and uh, 
I'm excited that Linda's back. Linda Hunt, not an extra. So if I just uncovered... That doesn't matter. At this point in the trial... No. Look, I'll give you time if you want discovery. I don't want time. Hold on. These are records of her injuries? No, Your Honor. His previous wife. There are also medical records of three injuries to the daughter. A broken arm, a shoulder bruise, and a laceration. Over a period of... 11 years total. First of all, there is no evidence or suggestion that my client caused these injuries. Was Mr. Wakefield ever accused of any abuse? No, but with this pattern, he probably should have been. Do you have any evidence that he caused them? No, but... Denied. You know better than that. You do know Your better Honor, than that, Helen. Your Honor, out you go. I'll see you back in court. Rebecca just gave her a na 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 face. Did you hit your first wife? What? They dug up hospital reports, and some on Jennifer, too. No, they're saying that I hit them? Well, luckily, they don't get to say it. But my question is, did you? Of course not. Rebecca. How'd she get her injuries? What injuries? Bruises. Cuts. Jennifer had a broken arm. She fell off of her bike. Joanne, she rode horses. She jumped. She, she had a role. couple of accidents, maybe. What the hell is this? And yeah. it seems is, it, is this what happens physically. now? They start manufacturing things? And yet, I still totally believe it. Mm-hmm. Seems like a lot of accidents, Robert. Hey, I've had my share of yelling arguments. I've even grabbed from time to time both Joanne and Margaret. But I have never, ever hit a woman. And my daughter... I don't think it's wise for you to testify. I suggest we rest and go to closing. Agreed. And why is that? Because Helen Gamble could backdoor that other stuff on impeachment and it wouldn't look good. Trust me. Do I need another lawyer here? I'll finish. No, because... I don't want you finishing unless you believe me. Needs to be in the episode. Do I need a new lawyer? I mean, if I'm him, absolutely I do, because it's clear she doesn't believe him anymore. But if I know Rebecca, nobody has more integrity. She will do her job. She will also button up every button of that sweater. Mm -hmm. She's at work. There's no necking. I'm telling you, Eleanor, I know this woman. She's covering for him. I know her. At the risk of getting my head bitten off, ground into wheat germ, and sprinkled on your cereal. Eleanor and Helen, and quite I know you. That's true. What's that supposed to mean? It means you are under a lot of pressure. Got a note from the network. We built you that set. You have to use it. The possibility that you need this conviction so badly, you are willing to chase one even in the absence of a crime. (laughs) Look, after what I did on the Wallace case, how could you even say that to me? I believe you believe he's guilty. My question is, do you need to believe it? The only eyewitness is the victim. And she says there was no crime. Is she the only eyewitness? The daughter. Ooh, we got a school B-roll. School B-roll, and Helen is on the prowl in a trench coat outside of a school. Well, that explains why they had to redress that one set. They had to save that budge for this scene. Yes, they did. They had to go on location. All those children extras. Sign this. Could you sign this waiver? (laughs) Did not approach the girl. Oh, she did. Hi. Are you Jennifer Wakefield? Who are you? My name's Helen Gamble. 
I'm a district attorney. Oh my God, it's that girl! Are you kidding me? Helen went to a child at the playground with nobody else there without asking anyone's permission? This is some bullshit. Only Helen Pullen is obviously going to piss off some people. That's going to be a problem. All right. But, guys, if you are a fan of a certain movie as I am, I watched it last night, you'd know that that's David Chase who plays Samara in The Ring. The haunted little girl in The Ring one of my all-time favorite horror movies. We watched scary, it yeah. last night. So scary. I, In fact, I saw it in a uh, packed theater in Brooklyn at about 10 o'clock at night. And let me tell you, by the end of that movie, there was 300 people screaming bloody murder. And I have never had more fun at a horror movie. We uh, watched a Vincent Price John last night. It was also equally, it wasn't as scary, but it was, it was a hooting good time. Well, that's fun. Mm-hmm. She also plays Lilo in Lilo and Stitch. Really? Yes. She wow. also played the lead in uh, Spirited Away and was on Big Love and Oliver Bean. Wow, a lot of things converging. I just downloaded uh, Spirited Away to send to my niece, who I just found out to the sh- to my absolute joy that she has become a nerd and is super into anime right now. And I was like, and I was like, have you watched any Studio Ghibli stuff? And she's like, no. And I was like, oh my God, just wait, girl. <laughs> Am I going to change everything for you? Uh, you're you're the, uh, the uncle creating the influence to be a nerd. I'm trying to do that with my nephew. It's not working. He's far cooler than I am. Uh, well, his poop song tells me that he's got a, he's got a plenty of good career ahead of him. So no problem. Oh, for sure. Can I talk right, to you see for a if second? her testimony rings any bells, Keith. I know who you are. And I'm going to haunt you forever. Watch this videotape. Donald Yoke, whatever. Imagine if there's a scene you didn't expect, yeah. Keith, and they're yeah, playing right the videotape here. in the courtroom. It's that, the clerk's office. That girl she crawls out. hops out of the TV. <laughs> that would be awesome. Hello. And so she got cast in the ring. Yes. Today? Thank you. What? They ordered a full hearing on the perjury issue. We go back into Judge Wolf today. That's our best grounds, Eugene. We have a shot. I don't believe it. We're back in this. Well, let's not get carried away. Eugene, it's our best grounds. We're going to get him out. Bobby, uh, we can't get Scott's hopes up. Not yet. They turned us down on three issues. But on the perjury, we get a full hearing. And this is good? Well, we were hoping they'd order a new trial outright. Yeah, so we didn't get that. Crazy. But with a hearing, yeah, if the judge determines that the brother did commit perjury, then we get a new trial. Unfortunately, we go before the same judge we had at trial. Wolf? Yes, but... I said no toast! No toast! Scott's not doing well. Gertrude McFuzz, what is her, what's the name again? Yeah, it's Gertrude McFuzz. Okay. From Susquehanna Musical, written by Aaron. You need to rest. Mm-hmm. Starring uh, when I saw it. Uh, the doctor says that you're suffering from clinical depression. Karen died with the conviction. I, I saw Rose. I also saw the original girl. You Kathy need Ricky. to rest. No. Uh, Take your medication no, and we'll do what we need to do. The spots are going by away. Man, was it not? I'm be doing better, Bobby. Yeah, I'm not seeing the spots. I saw the original cast, and I saw Rosie. This is great. And You'll uh, 
Aaron Carter. You come back and see me after the hearing? I promise. Maybe he's not playing crazy, Pete. Seems like he could be legit nuts. Well, certainly... She is a witness. A I have a stress. right to question any witness. I filed my appearance with Shiner. the court indicating I represent yes. the entire family. Which because is a potential conflict of interest. You take that up here, not on a playground. You went Kevin to school. Chamberlain? Yes. What the hell is wrong with you? What's wrong is I think this girl may have seen or heard something that night. Then your course of action was to get a material witness warrant. Oh, Your Honor, under the circumstances... There are rules barring contact with represented parties that especially apply to prosecutors Ms. Gamble. She's nine years old. I believe the witness is under the control of the defendant. You have been running about making accusation after accusation with nothing to support it. That's why I went to ask questions. Well, you went about yeah, it Helen's the wrong gone way. Rogue for weeks you now. are restrained from going near the girl. You're lucky I don't report you to the bar. Your Honor, if that I... is all. I mean, the thing is, Helen's going off half cocked, actually, for. Do I have good to do anything? Now. No, I promise. Right, but it is also. Just weeks ago, she was playing high and mighty and righteous in reporting Richard for going rogue, and now she's just doing the same thing. Doesn't matter what's. I mean, if if, if we've learned nothing from the practice key, it doesn't matter what side you're on. If you go rogue, that's some bullshit. Now, fair enough. We just want you to be there. It would be good for the jury to see you all as a family. That's all. Okay. Maybe if you Jenny, killed a bunch of horses. Could you go out for a second? I'd like to talk to Miss Washington. I'll take her. Yeah, really. Thank who's we put on trial? Come here? on. The, the, the demonic child or the, I the dad? I think so. Yeah. Is this really necessary? I wouldn't ask for it if I didn't need to. We stand a, a very good chance of an acquittal here. Why She's risk? The, Ameri- the, American the risk version, is her right? being traumatized. Yes. She's, She's got to sit Japanese and listen to no. accusations that her father threw her stepmother down the stairs. Again, I'm trying to avoid a conviction. All right, Mr. Donnell, call your first witness. The defense calls Helen Gamble. Offer of proof. Ms. Gamble was there in the room with Barrett and Mr. Bay. She was the lead DA. What's she gonna say that's not in her affidavit? Uh Uh-oh. Well, she will confirm all the allegations made in her affidavit. She doesn't need to. I've heard them. Call your next witness. What about the Commonwealth's right to cross-examine this witness? Mr. Bay? I think the court can take judicial notice we dispute Miss Gamble's claims. The Court of Appeals ordered a full evidentiary hearing on this issue. I will enter her affidavit into evidence. Call your next witness, please. I object to this. If you have any other witnesses, you better call them. Otherwise, this evidentiary hearing is over. The defense objects to the court acting out of ego. The defense wants it noted for the record that the trial court judge is angered by the fact that the appeals court ruled he was an error. Bobby McRimbo. And the defense wants its objection noted for the record that the trial court judge is not complying with the order of the appeals court. This is a couple weeks in a row now that David E. Kelly has been uh, waging uh, 
television war on the judges and their ego. Yeah, that's true. Hmm, well, they make for good we villains. Had... Oh, I'm not going to even try. We, we get it. I appoint the best judges. I will repeat. I try to kill, get them all killed. Call your COVID. next witness or the hearing is over. My next witness. Let's also not, uh, you know, I kind of, I said that and then I realized that this actually could be a thread, right? I guess this law firm is now sort of, the judges could potentially be a little pissed that they censured one of their colleagues, and now there's uh, sort of a little bit of a bullseye on McDonald and company, huh? Yeah, well, they've gone after judges many, many times. And, they, you know, they've gone head-to-head. They've gotten personal. They they had Kittleson arrested. Speaking of Kittleson, I guess that her uh, contractual obligations uh, lapsed at the end of season four, eh? Yeah, well, she was tired of being an extra. Witness well, Kyle Barrett an hasn't arrived yet. We'll adjourn until he does one hour. After this commercial break. So we have a crime. Oh. Where the victim says it didn't it's happen. Closing time. Time to put your case to bed. It's closing time. Otherwise your client's dead. Closing time. To try to save the case at the last minute. Rebecca Cricket. Now, did she once claim it did? Yes. Well, by save yeah, the case, explained. get the guy who she clearly did it off. She was confused and angry, and she lashed out. And all those statements came when she was emotionally unsteady, as she told you. But now she's admitting the truth. It never happened. All those prior statements she made, made up. We don't just have reasonable doubt as to his guilt here. We have proof of his innocence. She finally let go of her rage and let the truth come out. If only we could get a zealous district attorney to do the same. What you got, Helen? Yes, that's the only reason we're here. Because I'm an angry, overzealous district attorney who cannot let go of her rage. Do you really believe that? No. Nothing to do with the fact that an unconscious woman was rushed to the hospital. I guess I'm conflicted. Let's just forget the 911 call where the victim was screaming while the defendant pursued her. This isn't the day after, ladies and gentlemen. It's not the week after. These charges were filed six months ago. Margaret Wakefield has stuck to her story since last spring. It's only after she and her husband talked two days ago about reconciling that she suddenly rises up and says, gee, I think I was mistaken. It must have been an accident. Do you really believe that? I'm sure Margaret Wakefield is a little frightened. Her husband, Robert, supported her. He's the father of her step... He's the the father of her stepdaughter. She's suddenly faced with losing everything and she thinks, maybe we can work it out. 
They talk about reconciling, and suddenly, poof, it's an accident. He threw her down the stairs. It's curveball coming, Keith. I feel Can't it. be erased. I saw the sign. Even at the victim's own request. It happened. And it will probably happen again. I sorry to close sorry to pause during closing time, but this is was her pause potentially that, oh, if we have if we think that potentially the daughter's been injured or whatnot, they can get child protective services to take her away? Maybe. Yeah, I, I think the, the implication there is because it is not her daughter, but her stepdaughter, that if the husband goes to jail, that she will not get custody of the daughter. And if he gets out of jail and they're not together, he will be the person with custody of the daughter and she can't, won't be there to protect her. So did Helen come up with a loophole in real time? Let's find out. You heard that tape. You heard those statements to the police, to the hospital. Robert did it. Robert pushed me. She can say whatever she wants to now. But she didn't take an oath to uphold the law. The 12 of you did. Good one. Could you please state your name and address for the record, sir? Kyle Barrett, 1505 North Street, Walpole, Massachusetts. Also known as Lying Brother. Mr. Barrett, you are the brother of Karen Wallace, is that correct? Was the brother until your client killed her. Mr. Barrett, in preparation for your testimony at Scott Wallace's trial, you had a meeting with Richard Bay and Helen Gamble, did you not? On the advice of counsel, I'm exercising my Fifth Amendment right not to answer your question. Whoa. Excuse me? I lied. Your Honor, I'm Matthew Stone, Mr. Barrett's attorney. Though my client maintains his complete innocence with respect to any allegation of perjury, Given Helen Gamble's beliefs, I have to advise him not to answer these questions. Your client is not on trial here, Mr. Stone. Understood, but with the possibility that charges could file, he has a Fifth Amendment right. David and it would again? be foolish for him not to exercise it. You have to grant him immunity. It's the only way you can force you him. You can forget that. If this man committed perjury in a first-degree murder trial, I am not going to offer up immunity like a stick of gum. I have to be allowed to question him. I can't force him to waive his Fifth Amendment right. We're being denied our evidentiary hearing. Hey, why don't you supply me with some precedent where I get to take away his right not to incriminate himself, and I'll be glad to accommodate you. The big picture of Bubba behind uh, Is it Bobby? your client's intent to take uh, the Fifth on, on the every question he's asked? Yes, Your Honor. Everybody get out. I'm going to take 10 minutes to think about this, then we'll reconvene. Out! Thought you quit. People smoking inside. I'm not supposed to talk to you, Helen. It looks really weird now. You seem to be doing a lot of things you're not supposed to do, Margaret. You know, I couldn't figure it out. Then finally it hit me. You're not going back to Robert because you love him. 
You're doing it to protect Jennifer because it's the only way you can. I don't know what you're talking about. Yes, you do. No, I don't. The reason you're so horrified that he'd only get three years in prison is because when he got out, Jennifer would only be 12, and you're worried he'd get custody again. Faced with that, you decide to reconcile so you can yeah, always be there to protect her. a charge against him as a convict, she'd have a great case to get custody. He might not get custody under the law. I know the presumption, but there's a good chance he would. And then what? What happens the next time he pushes you down the, the stairs? Sure is. Honey, everything okay? This son of a bitch. Everything's just swell, Mr. Wakefield. Come on. She's great. I, they haven't given her a lot of script to work with, but her performance has been has has painted quite a great arc and picture. Oh, she's all right. Yeah. All right, Judge Wolf is about to render his decision. Be seated. We can't go to a fourth episode, so I think we got to get something definitive here. I have been ordered by the Court of Appeals to conduct a full Fifth hearing episode. into this perjury business. That hearing has been thwarted by the primary witness exercising his Fifth Amendment right not to testify. The conviction of Scott Wallace is hereby set aside. It is the order of this court that he be granted a new trial. Adjourned. Whoa, they did it. Oh, they used his brother, lying brother, trying to get out of that. Screwed the case. So Bobby gets a win. Bobby gets a win. Well, and he didn't really even do anything. Yeah, more Richard Bay got a lot. Well, it wasn't even Richard Bay there. We fully intend to retry him. This man committed murder, and the district attorney's office will pursue him until his home in prison becomes permanent. Were you surprised by the ruling? Shocked is more like it, and outraged. Judge Wolf certainly acted within his discretion, but the reality here is a killer could get back on the street, and I find that horrifying. Will Helen Gamble's role be in the next trial? I will be prosecuting. I'll be in charge. Look at him. Every time he loses, he shrinks an inch. Amazing. Jesus. They do it all over again Poor now. God. It's amazing. Stuff that was exciting. Today. New trials? Being pregnant. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's really amazing. Who else is pregnant? <laughs> you think Rebecca is? I doubt it. Well, it's Eleanor. The book, the tests, it's kind of an elaborate scam, even for Lucy. Yeah, but. Between you and me, I don't think Rebecca's really pregnant. And it's I don't Eleanor. think Lucy's playing any trick. Then how did that book get here? I ordered it. It's Eleanor! It's Eleanor! Good for you, girl. You know what? You don't need to tell nobody your business. You don't, I mean, although she did take the pregnancy test at work, but I guess she didn't want to do it at home so that Helen was all up in her business. Oh, well, fair point. Way to go, Eleanor. Uh, that frozen Vogelman spermsy popsicle did you good, or you did another, maybe another. Uh, wait, wasn't she dating that dude? 
Oh wait, no, he was a bad guy. Uh, we don't know. I guess you we mean don't know. Vogelman, well, I mean that's why she had him stuffed. No, that's that dude, why. Like, that's Vogelman that like sitting there in the corner on the chair, stuffed. Didn't she, didn't she come like an old colleague, like an law school colleague or something, like at one episode? Oh right, yes, and he turned out to be an asshole for some reason. Yeah, oh, generally. Oh, do. that's right, because he was he was running a uh, medical scam. Oh right. Why? Mike and Keith remember what happened. Because I'm pregnant. Wait, you didn't pick that up, Lindsay? <laughs> Lindsay's dumb. not that bright this episode. So I'm not convicted anymore. Yeah, so stop that. I mean, I'm crazy. not convicted. No. The verdict is out. They're transferring you to Walter Reed this afternoon. Do we do it again? <laughs> We do it all over again. And this time, we're going to win. But we won't show it on an episode because Mike's growing fatigued of this whole thing. These drugs make me weak. They're to help you rest. You just get better now, okay, buddy? You get better. And stop flipping out and throwing shit across the room because it's not Next time... Verdict. The defendant will please rise. Big fan. There's our old big fan in the corner. I'm a big fan of the big fan. Madam Foreperson, the jury has reached its unanimous verdict. We have, Your Honor. What say you? Commonwealth versus Robert Wakefield. On the charge of assault and battery with intent to cause serious physical injury, we find the defendant, Robert Wakefield, not guilty. Members of the jury, this completes your service. You're dismissed with the thanks of the court. The defendant is free to go. This matter is adjourned. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Congratulations. Oh, it's even worse because it's Rebecca. Yeah. did but that's because we're back baby yes Make sure indeed you, you turn off your thing and you go to your youtube and you do all the stuff oh the keep your crop your, your crop went to hell again oh but, god but we're back baby we're back hey there baby. we are okay folks you have now watched the practice season five episode four appeal and denial and if you haven't don't worry we have a segment that has your back Entitled 
Mike has 30 seconds to remember what just happened on the show. Oh, y'all, I missed five seconds already. So much crap happened. A uh, lady got pushed down the stairs. Then she said she didn't get pushed down the stairs because she was afraid her husband was going to beat up her daughter. So she uh, lied and lied and lied and lied and recanted. And Helen was like, no, you can't do that. But she did it anyway. And it turns out, guess what? He got off anyway. So now it's like, uh-oh. And in the other case, they finally get out that guy's name who I can't remember. They get him out of prison because the brother got caught in a lie and a lie and a lie and a Fifth Amendment right. And so Bobby, did a, he got a win. Yay! Oh, and Eleanor's pregnant. <laughs> and? So's Lindsay. Yeah, there you go. All right. We got well, a double baby bump. We got a double baby bump. Double baby bump. That well, that was uh you did not get that in 30 seconds, though. I'm 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 sorry. I'm gonna I, I can't allow it. Yes, so I unfortunately, it. Right. uh I'm excluding it from the evidence. So clearly, uh Eleanor and Lindsay are not pregnant. Okay, it's but fair. you know what we are going to do? We are pregnant with the prospect of ladies and gentlemen. Out of Practice Podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly present... Oopsie! The Oopsies! Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike! Uh, uh. What the hell are the oopsies? Well, they're a fake award show we do at the end of every episode, beginning with... Most This one's a tough one. You know, we get to finally, like, go against the grain on... um, uh, the the having to win. Well, I guess no, not really. I guess we're going right back with the grain. Here's the thing: Bobby did not quit on his old buddy, and there was plenty of reasons he could have. He kept pushing. They they played every possible angle, and in the end, though they got sort of a a Deus Machina esque uh, hail mary catch from the Fifth Amendment, still he got the win. He got his buddy mm-hmm. a new trial. And, you know, there's no guarantees, but uh, I think that as far as value, the man is out of prison and he began the episode in prison. So if that's not valuable, I don't know what is. Yeah, well, I think this gets down to results versus effort uh, Mm -hmm. that we've certainly talked about a lot. Because like Bobby, he didn't really do anything. Everything he tried to do, he failed at. He couldn't get Helen on the stand. He couldn't... uh, get this guy to to testify about being lying. So it, he, it was sort of, he succeeded by the failures of others, which I personally am happy to do. I think that's the only way I've ever succeeded, but I'm not sure for me that gives you an MVL. Consequently, Rebecca, uh, she won even though she lost. She, she, she won even though she shouldn't have, and she knew that she shouldn't have. So you could argue that she did her job admirably and with integrity, and she got her client off, which was her job. However, I'm going to go in a third direction. Even though she failed miserably, 
I have to give it to Helen because I thought she did a good job with the hand that she was dealt. I thought she made a very compelling close. Even though the victim had recanted, I thought she did a good job of A, figuring out what was going on and articulating it to the jury, even though they didn't believe her. So, uh, I, I, you know, here we go. Phoenix, moral relativism, even though she lost, I'm actually going to give mine to Helen Gamble. So, Keith, though I already awarded mine and I'm going to stick by it, I'm going to add mm-hmm. a little value to yours because... Okay. How Because regardless of her her moral justification, how does that provide value? You know, most valuable lawyer. And, and I suppose you could also continue your argument by saying in that scene where she explains that she figured out the game to Frida, right. she potentially gives Frida the the permission the the under that a little bit of compassion and understanding that hey i know what your plan is and i hope that you have a step too it's not just get out of this situation but have right. a plan for protecting you and your stepdaughter so hopefully moving forward they don't just run around the same circle of abuse and that they uh they plan an escape so if we if i kind of like give myself the happy ending where that takes place uh helen absolutely t- took a part in that yeah, well, and and perhaps Helen telling her that I am your ally, even if you worked against me in this case, because I understand what's happening. And perhaps just the, the act of being seen and understood will have value. Or maybe Helen saying, like, you can kill him, I, I won't prosecute. Yeah, or I'll help you get out of it. Well, I'll, 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 I know a good firm to help you out. Yeah. Either way, all right, so... Congratulations, Bobby Donnell and Helen Gamble in a loss. Next up. Already famous because you've been on TV. Getting a paycheck. Getting a paycheck. On your IMDb. Oh, we missed it. On the episode! How dare you? <laughs> no injuries this week. No injuries. No, I uh, I, I did, however, uh, intentionally fake being out of sync. <laughs> okay. I, made this, I, made this, I made this in Woodshop in I think sixth, sixth grade. Wow. Pretty good. Really, right? in, really ingraining the narcissism early, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. I think everybody had to do their name, Keith. It wasn't just me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Says the wall of narcissism behind me. Yeah, right. Let's zoom in on those. No, they're, that's pretty cool, actually. I like that one. Zoom in on my wall of narcissism. All right, so on occasion, I really enjoy the... Um, it only takes a couple scenes to, to really make me enjoy something. And though... I think I know where you're going to go, so I, I don't mind a splitsy here. I want to actually... Oh, I don't have his name in front of me. I didn't open IMDb. Darn. I want to award Judge Wolf. Who played Judge Wolf? Ah, uh, Daniel Davis. Daniel Davis. He had he had such a great scene of just collective disgust with his ego when just being challenged. But then in Chambers, when the Fifth Amendment came, and so now he's pissed that, oh my God, someone perjured themselves in my court and I can't do anything about it. Um, all of that was so, could have been seen chewy, 
but mm-hmm. it wasn't. It was believable. It was. It seemed justified. It was well-written. It was all of the things. And I thought he performed it really well. And he's been great in his subsequent episodes as well. So I think that collectively, I'm going to go ahead and, and swing the oopsie his way. Okay. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I mean, he's... First of all, he's he's Moriarty on Next Generation, so mm-hmm. obviously that should get you a half an oopsie just cause. Um, but I do think he did a he he does do a really good job and was able to be sort of the villain and the hero in in one episode. So I'm I'm with you there. Uh, but you are right. I I am definitely uh, going to throw my oopsie towards Diane Benora, who played Margaret Wakefield, who I just thought did a a much more compelling version of that character. Because, th- you know, this character of the uh, the abuse victim who recants and goes back to the person for whatever reason is a bit of a, a bit of a trope, a bit of a, um, a stereotype. And she it's a bit of a posture, her, a bit of a dance. Yeah, she, and she played her a little differently and I, with a, a stronger, more intelligent, more... Um, I don't know with intent. With intent, what she was, what she was doing, and I and I liked that role, um, both the writing and the performance of it. So, congratulations to Diane Venora and Daniel Davis for your fake awards. Now it's time to give out another one. You killed your podiatrist or blew the case, but you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best. Shout out to Cameron, by the way, because she had the one scene and she had the one scene where she got to announce she was pregnant and with barely any lines and it was compelling. And she's just, she had that, like that's, you know, there's a whole story there that we don't even get to hear. Maybe we will going forward, but Lord knows her as a character or her as an actress doesn't have the the next scripts probably yet. So, but still it was so full of just hit, so good. Just so good. She's got yep. the oopsies to show it. Uh, but a lot of great performances this week, actually. Rebecca, or excuse me, uh, Lisa Gay Lisa gave Gay a great Hamilton, performance. Yeah. Uh, Dylan gave a great performance. Everybody, Richard Bay, I mean, across the board. But I was really, once again, reminded of how great... Uh, Oh my God. No, I'm not going to help you. Lara Flynn Boyle was this week. Uh, mm. I just thought, once again, she, her compassion, her rage, her newfound, you know, and it, it's not just, you know, I kept using the term retcon, and though the writing feels a little retcon for Helen's character, but she never plays it that way, Lara. You can tell that she is this new sort of righteousness is it's new to her as well, or she's it's she's finding it, it's being developed. It all feels in real time, which is just, that's acting, y'all. <laughs> that is what yeah. actresses do. So I'm going to throw my oopsie to Lara Flynn Boyle this week. Yeah, no, I, it's clear that she is doing the work to justify the character choices so that she's not just in like, all right, I guess I'm the good guy this week. She's doing, she's making sure that that the character, that Helen's internal logic works, and we're seeing that. And I and I, I do think the logic works. Like I, I don't feel like it's necessarily shoehorned to have her taking this kind of a turn, um, based on what she's gone through. But I like being able to see all of it on her face. And mm-hmm. you know, while the the moment where she put it together during the closing is always a little bit pushed on TV. 
because, you know, you, you have to sort of spell it out for the dumb, dumb audience members. Um, but I thought she did a really good job. So I agree with you wholeheartedly that Laura Flynn Boyle is this week's best actor. Okay, coming up next. The Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. Uh, let's just discuss last week's because I don't know that you're going to have time to do it before I want to push this so that we can have a couple in the can. So the winner last week was... Oh, eight-month-old, eight-month pregnant Tom Brady. And I have done it. Don't you worry. Oh, and great. It's a good well, one. then then here it is. Here yeah. it is. Uh, Oh, man. So, wow, we didn't even know. You knew that there was more pregnancy stuff coming up when I said eight-month pregnant Tom Brady, but you didn't You didn't let on, Keith, which is pretty it, awesome. It's a whole mini arc about pregnancy. Last week mm-hmm. was about pregnancy. This week's about pregnancy. And as I, if I understand how pregnancy works, we'll probably have more of it. Can they all be pregnant? Uh, so, I guess... It, it, Look, there's very there's a lot of minds in this minefield of Tom Brady Ward this week that I, I don't want to make any unnecessary jokes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, about domestic violence or anything like that. That's that's even though the NFL is rife with it, so it would fit probably. But I'm going to then just go a different way, make it more meta, and say that the winner of this week's the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady is non sequitur Dunkaroo's product placement Tom Brady. <laughs> Non sequitur, Dunkaroos product placement. Tom Brady wins the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. That was the safest of all choices. I'm proud. I was I was gonna make a president with COVID joke, but I've saved us all uh, frequent visits from uh, future ridicule. Oh, or future like oh shit. Litigation. We, we're gonna have to delete every episode we've ever done. Uh, Keith, what do you need me to edit this week? No, no, no I just need you to delete everything. Can just you just go ahead and just wipe the entire it? podcast? Just pretend like it never ever happened. Perfect. All right, but you know what does happen every week? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. Well. We, these, let's see, it's episode four of the season. We're still talking about the same cases. I'm happy to wrap it up, the Bobby Donald case with his buddy, but even though it's not really wrapped, he just has a new trial. So many things are happening. This week felt to me a little bit all over the place. Like, I, I think my prediction that we would streamline to just an A case was more of a less a prediction and more a desire. A wish list. Yeah, I just need a little more focus. I think it's awesome. Don't get me wrong. A lot of the, we've talked about the serial nature of things and I love people who are pregnant and there's a lot of great character story ready to go and, and it's very furtive and I'm excited about it. But as far as like, a, what did you think about this week's episode? I still, it feels a little disjointed. I love the stuff with Richard. I, I, the table's just set for something and, and I'm waiting for it. I don't know what I'm waiting for, but it feels mm. like I'm waiting a little bit. That said, great performances this week. Interesting case. The the a lot of interesting points raised. So once again, we find ourselves in this spot where, like you said, at the end of season four, we were we're at like peak practice, and I feel like we're still there. I will also say though that I, I love the addition of Richard Bay to the main cast. Love it, but I feel like it's come thus far. It's still at the sacrifice of Eugene and Rebecca. Why can't they? Why can't we all be playing? right now. 
Now mm. Jimmy's not in this episode and Eugene hasn't been in an episode. He's there, but he's not, they're not giving him anything. Right, right. And all of these things make me like, just feel a little unfulfilled. Although I'm glad Bobby's back. Uh, we need, I don't want to, I don't want to make it like the episode was bad because of those things. You know, that's sort of me commenting on the show. We're, I'm trying right. to focus on the episode. And I think it was strong. It's not great. La if last week was a 7.5, I think I, I still think this is a better episode. So I'm going to say 7.75 spare tires Okay, Mike. No, I think that's fair. Uh, I, I do have a question. Can you still see me? Uh, yes, I can. Oh, you can. Okay, because my mm -hmm. Skype is uh, is crashing and burning, but I can still hear you. So I'm just going to believe... I'm going to believe that you can see me right now and that you can hear me right now. And I will uh, I will say this about um, this episode. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you on all those things. Like, it's a perfectly fine episode. It feels like a like a really good sort of mid-season episode where you're just sort of like thrown out a decent case and some good performances. But mm -hmm. I, I've been waiting, I think similar to you, for a standout episode. I think this has been sort of a fine beginning to season five, but I, I'm, I'm just like, I want to start off the season with something exciting. You know, by now in season two, we had Joey Herrick in, mm -hmm. you know, and... I'm just wanting something to be a little bit, you know, and and season four, you had George Vogelman dancing around and killing people, which was ridiculous, but it right. felt like a season opener or the beginning of a season. So this is, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Season was fine. Performances were fine. The characters were fine. Um, I'm, I'm not as, com I, I, I think similar to you, I'm not as compelled by this, uh, you know, Bertrude big bobblefock case mm -hmm. as as I think they want me to be um and you know it's not there's nothing technically wrong with it Bruce Davidson is a good actor the sort of setup with um yeah, both sides having sort of fucked up on the beginning of the case it's all fine it's just it does Where's feel like the, it, it lacks some stakes though right like they keep feels like they keep trying to raise the stakes but I don't feel like who is this guy? What's his relationship to Bobby? Like, why do I give a shit? Well, and this, I I think that's exactly it. Like, just because he's one of Bobby's old friends doesn't make it special. That's literally every episode. I feel like you're right. Because, because of not having the stakes, because we don't know this guy, we don't really care about this guy. If this were Lucy on trial throughout mm -hmm. this, then I'd be like, oh, shit, now I really care about this. And all these sort of minutiae that's taking place over a long time, I'd be like, I'm there. Or if the actual case itself were crazier in some fashion, um, like he blamed an owl for killing her, like the staircase, I don't know, like that would be, I don't know. That's a, that's a very long way of saying like, yeah, so eh, so I'm going to give you a eh, grade with a seven. Okay. So seven, seven point five. So what are we like a math? Math. We have math. I think it's three point seven five, but seven point three seven five. I don't know. Who knows? Who cares? Nobody is paying attention. But you have gotten your way through another episode of the Out of Practice podcast. If you would like to reach us, you can find us on social media on Facebook and Instagram at Out of Practice. You can email us directly at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. You can check out our blog with our definitive 
ranking of episodes at outofpracticepodcast.blogspot.com. The Out of Practice Podcast is brought to you by generous donations from Leanne Wrights, Cloud Lover 69, Jorge Navoa, and Jennifer Masanova. If you would like to join them, you can donate to the podcast in one of two ways a monthly donation or a single contribution to the show. You can find links to do so in our show notes. If you are in any way financially unable to support the pod, no problem. Don't send us a cent. Instead, give us a rating or review. It does help. Or just tell a friend to check out the Out of Practice podcast. Keith, the time has come. I would like to stand on top of the steps. I would like you to give me the hardest shove you possibly can. And at the very bottom, I will look up to you with scorn and disappointment in my eyes (laughs) and fire off as many verbal laser sounds as I can. Laser sounds. That was violent.